welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Kristen Marino, the founder of Cozy Casa. Cozy Casa is a boutique interior design firm for residential and commercial projects. They offer everything from full-scale remodels to simple room refreshes in Austin and beyond. In this episode, Kristen chats about her passion for interior design and what sets her firm apart from others, the skills necessary to be successful in this industry, and her advice for first-time business owners. Let's get into the show. Thank you so much for joining me on Office Chats. Can you please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your career background? Yeah, hi, I'm happy to be here. So my name is Kristen. I'm the owner of Cozy Casa, which is a boutique interior design firm in Austin, Texas. We do both residential and commercial interior design, um, and we specialize in the bohemian chic, clean line, modern aesthetic. Uh, My background extends back about 10 years, over 10 years, actually. Um, I attended design school in Los Angeles, worked for a number of LA firms and solo designers before finally starting Cozy Casa on my own in Austin. Nice. And where are you from originally? I'm from LA originally. I bounced around here and there to a few different places, Mm -hmm. but I would call LA home. Gotcha. And so um, I know a little bit about your career background based on your website and obviously what you just shared with me, but part of what I read is that you kind of discovered your passion for design at a really young age. Mm-hmm. Can you share more about that and how it kind of impacted your education decisions and your career decisions and everything like that? Definitely. Um, yeah, it's true. I My passion for design goes all the way back to my childhood. Um, really, I can't think of any other career path that I've ever been interested in. So it's really cool. And I take a lot of pride in that, truthfully, um, just always knowing that I wanted to be in the interior design world. So I've been asked this question question a lot, like, where did this come from? Why have you always known? And I really think it, it has to do a lot with Um, My family moved quite a bit when I was growing up. Um, So we moved to multiple different houses and different states. And just with every different home, number one, I always got excited to decorate my bedroom in a new way, however I wanted. And then moving to different parts of the country, um, I saw a lot of different styles of architecture and design in general. So um, I really think that's just where it stemmed from. I remember being in elementary school, being addicted to shows on HGTV and all those renovation type shows. So it's really cool. And I love that it's pretty much all I've ever wanted to do. And I'm actually doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you went to FIDM to study design. How did you go from like working for other firms and other people to wanting to create your own interior design firm? Well, having my own firm was something I always knew that I wanted. And I think that rings true for a lot of designers as well. Um, I mean, not all, but it's it's definitely very common for designers to want to be or owning your own firm and like be the, the top designer. So I knew I would eventually do that. But also I recognize the importance of working for other designers and firms to gain that experience and really know what you're doing design school will only teach you so much. And really, at least where I went in my program, they didn't really touch on the business end of things at all and how to invoice and what you should be charging and things like that. So I'm gaining that real life experience was very valuable. 
but yeah, having my own practice and being in charge of the designs is just, I, I love it and I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like memorable moments, whether they were like good or bad from working at another firm that kind of benefited you on your career journey? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had good jobs and, and bad jobs. Like we all have, regardless of whatever industry that you're in. But one thing that I really, um, I really strive for with anyone that I bring on employee wise is recognizing number one, that they probably do have the same dream that I did to be their, to own their own firm and, you know, be the, the lead designer. So I know they're here for a reason and not forever and really looking to learn and gain that real life experience. And I'm willing to share, I'm willing to help them and share, you know, the ins and outs of the business. I don't keep anything a secret from any employees that I do bring on, whether it's what we're charging, you know, what we're doing for markup, things like that. Um, I find that really valuable. And the more employees like know what's going on, the more helpful they actually are to me. That's what I really try to do. And I've had a couple jobs in the past where I'm just like, I have no idea what we're doing. I'm not learning anything. Like, so I, and then truthfully, like I didn't care too much. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, you know, I was looking for other jobs while employed for other people. And I just don't want that to be the environment or the culture here. Yeah, that's a really good point. Just feeling out of the loop and like zero transparency at a company makes you feel like, oh, well, why should I even care if they don't care to include me in things? Right. Yeah. So, you know, any employee is extremely valuable to you. So you have to make them feel that way. What year was it that you launched Cozy Casa? So officially full-time 2020. I've been been doing side design jobs for a few years prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I just always knew I'd be here one day. So, but yeah. full time 2020. And did you launch in LA or when you moved to Austin? In Austin. So yeah, you know, when I moved here, I, I worked for a couple different or had a couple different jobs. And then one day literally just woke up and said, I'm ready and did it. That's awesome. So was the move to Austin to just like escape California, like so many people in 2020 or or what (laughs) spurred the decision to come here and start your business? Okay. That's a funny story actually. So I moved to Austin in 2018 and it was very random and on accident. (laughs) When I left, I, I moved from LA and I think it was the end of 2016 and I decided to spend a year traveling abroad. And during that, you know, I, I traveled, did, went to a bunch of different places. And during that time, I actually wound up living in Sydney, Australia, where there I really started taking a lot more side design jobs while working for my real job there. And it was when my visa expired, my working visa in Australia was expiring. I had to leave. So I came back to the States where during that time, my parents had moved from California to Austin. So I just flew directly here to Austin and kind of like stayed with them for a little bit. Um, Also during that time, my first nephew was born and Mm -hmm. I really had every intention of going back to Australia because I loved it. Um, So I really was trying to figure out how to get a permanent visa down there. Um, But also, you know, I guess I just really realized that family is here, I wanna be here. At the same time, Austin completely sucked me in. Like I know it has with a lot of people. I fell in love with the city. And next thing I knew, I was leasing an apartment. I bought a car and here we are. (laughs) So it was a complete accident, but I love it. 
Nice. I'm sure your family was happy too for you to end up staying. They were. So tell me a little bit more about how your your design firm, Cozy Casa, differentiates itself from other interior design firms and some of the unique services that you offer to clients. You know, there are a ton of interior designers, right, everywhere you go, essentially all doing the same thing. So I think it's really important to either have your your own style or niche where um, I don't necessarily think I have a specific niche, but I do really strive to uh, stay true to my design style. So I get inquiries every once in a while for more traditional style designs or people out um, living in the country or on a ranch. And that's just not who I am personality wise and not the personality that I want Cozy Casa to be. So yeah, priority number one, um, taking jobs that will only enhance your portfolio for the type of design that I really want to be doing. So bohemian aesthetic, clean lines, modern, however you want to call it. Um, yeah, that's priority number one. And then service-wise, I would do anything from just a simple room refresh, whether we're painting a couple walls, changing out a few pieces of furniture, to building a complete new construction home, really, and everything in between. You mentioned you work on both residential mm-hmm. and commercial projects. I'm curious if you have a favorite, and then maybe you could share some notable projects that you've worked on that you're particularly proud of. So favorite-wise, you know, I don't necessarily have a favorite between the two. There are pros and cons to both. Um, and when I find when I'm working on a residential project, I tend to prefer the commercial ones. And when I have a commercial one, I tend to prefer <laughs> residential. So there are pros and cons, which we can get into if you'd like. But um, yeah, really, you know, I, I would call it a, an even split 50-50. Um, but recently, I did complete probably my favorite commercial project to date, Um I'll, can I name drop? Yeah, it's, of course. Yes. Okay, so it's LMK Hair Salon, and they're actually in Kyle, um, which is about 20 minutes south of Austin. Mm-hmm. And it's three friends. They opened their own hair salon, the coolest girls ever to work with. We all got along really well. And the three of them alone were extremely stylish and had yeah, amazing taste from my personal opinion. So to bring that and loop it into their hair salon design, I, we had a great time. So um, you can check it out and look all, all, all over Instagram and my website, but that is probably my favorite project to date. That's so fun too. Cause like a hair salon, you go in there to feel better, to feel beautiful uh, and like yeah. talk to your hairdresser. So that's, that seems like a fun environment to bring in different design elements and really dress it up. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. And we did a few cliche, um, like pieces of art, beauty school dropout from Greece, (laughs) things like that. It's all pink and gold and just boho and just, you know, really, really cute and fun inside. I love it. How has your personal like design style evolved from when you were studying at FITM to where you are now? It has evolved. I remember being um, at FITM and I I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I hated mid-century design. Like when I was studying in in design school, I just, I couldn't get behind it. I didn't like it personally. And now it is really one of my favorites. And I think it's evolved more so because I have a deeper appreciation for it and having actually learned the history behind uh, these famous designers and designs and styles of furniture and just recognizing how that style has evolved into current day 
whether it be furniture, architecture, just home styles mm-hmm. in general. So yeah, just gaining deeper appreciation for any type of design style, I think has really helped evolve into all other aspects of design. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you had a lot of experience going into starting your own firm, having worked for other companies and other designers, but I'm curious, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when starting Cozy Casa and how you overcame them? Well, so <laughs> I think this may ring true and to a lot of um, business owners, again, regardless of whatever industry you happen to be in. I did not go to business school. I went to design school and then I opened a business. So I was really learning and teaching myself how to run a business, having not studied it and, you know, only going to a design school, right? So that was definitely a learning curve and it still is. You learn and teach yourself every single day. You know, issues definitely came up with invoicing and billing and making sure I'm using the right programs and accounting and remembering to collect and actually pay state sales tax, things like that, that you're really not thinking of when the initial thought in my mind is, yay, I get to design all these pretty rooms and just build beautiful homes. Like that comes second, really. (laughs) You, You really have to know first how to run a business and be smart about decisions that you're making and marketing and advertising and taking advantage of elements that we have today, technology being a big one. Yeah. I think that's something I've heard too from other like creatives that I've had on the podcast, whether it's like fashion designers or people in like the ceramics business, any type of um, Mm -hmm. like entrepreneur that's kind of a creative first. They've mentioned having to teach themselves all the admin stuff and not letting that slide because like you said, it kind of is the backbone of the business like do you have any more tips for how people can kind of get that side of their business in check yes so I would say if you're planning to start a business today don't um, hold back and don't wait to invest in proper programs so like accounting software Um, for us designers pay for the actual AutoCAD don't use one of these one-off programs like home styler pro or, or, you know, there, there are a lot of other floor plan drafting programs out there and they're great. But if you're planning to do actual remodel and new construction work, then you need real programs like AutoCAD, um, invest in QuickBooks. Don't be afraid to bring on help right away. That is something that I wish I did. And bringing on employees does not need, does not mean that you need a full-time employee right out of the bat. Like you can do freelance work, you can hire independent contractors, things like that. But really um, hiring people to do parts of the business that you may not be the best at or really have the time for, I would say is really a top priority and something I wish I had done. That's good advice. What does your team look like today? So right now, all of my help are, they're all technically independent contractors and freelancers, um, which I utilize all the time. So um, a good example, I use a a freelance drafter for the majority of my drawings. So floor plans, elevations, construction drawings, things like that. I can easily do them myself, uh, but they take a lot of time. And so for me to be able to offload that to somebody while I'm in the office doing something else, you just get more done. That's smart. And how do you find contractors? Is there like 
a, a good place you recommend to put out job descriptions and set up interviews and things like that? I've done, I've done it quite a few ways. I have posted before on Indeed and LinkedIn, um, which I've, I've definitely have been beneficial. I found a lot of good employees that way, but really networking is, is definitely, I think the better route. I'm a member of a couple different designer Facebook groups. So you can find a, a specific Facebook group um, for your industry or on LinkedIn and just chatting with others. Um, they're all, I see all the time posts of designers like, hey, I have this employee. I don't really have enough work for her, but she's great at A, B, and C. And then we kind of like link each other up with the help that we're looking for or help that we need. Um, Fiverr, I've been on a couple times. I haven't lucked out, but I have heard of other people lucking out on platforms like that. So really, um, there are a lot of different avenues you could take and just utilize them all and see what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you walk me through the typical process from start to finish of working on an interior design project and what it's like collaborating with contractors and suppliers and clients and everything like that? Yeah, definitely. So um, I break my projects out into phases. So phase number one is your concept phase, essentially. So it's the it's the mood boards and the planning and here are all the ideas that I would love to see. And you're really nailing that down. You're getting color schemes together. Um, the essential theme and style of what you would like the end result to be. That's all step number one, um, along with final floor plans, construction documents, if you're doing construction. Um, and that can include any kind of like wall decals, wall anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, the construction drawings and then the essential or the initial mood boards are all in step number one. Step number two, we move into actually executing those designs and seeing how feasible they are, finding the trades to do them, um, and also getting pricing on all these crazy ideas, right? So you can think of anything you want in your head, but if you can't execute it and if the price isn't right, they're not going to happen. So phase two is kind of refining and then eventually getting to that final design. And then in phase three is when the magic starts to happen. Construction begins, um, the painting goes up, wallpaper goes up, all that stuff that you had finalized in phase number two, you begin installing in phase number three. Um, and it takes quite a while, depending on mm -hmm. the scope of the project. Some of them can take a month or two. Others will be a year or two and everything in between. So it really will depend on what you're doing, what the scope of the project is. Um, so, yeah. And do you ever work on multiple projects at a time? Like, I'm curious if you do, how do you maintain the balance of like, dedicating enough time to each project and making sure things are getting done at multiple locations. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm constantly working on multiple projects at once. Um, I try to space them out so that we're at least in different phases of the design so that I can dedicate the proper time and energy to each project and each client. Um, so spacing them out is something that I learned the hard way, <laughs> making sure you don't start two full renovations within the same week of each other. Um, and, you know, when you really get into the nitty gritty, especially of a remodel job, your phone will be ringing off the hook. You'll get so many emails from contractors, from trades, needing clarification on everything. And you'll have to 
run to different site visits all over town. So you need to make sure that you have the time to dedicate. Otherwise, you'll be in over your head and miss certain things and the project will just go completely haywire. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that sounds like a really challenging aspect because if you're getting multiple emails, multiple calls, you're like, wait, what site is this about? Like, I can see how it would be easy to get things confused or, you know, miss a step here or there. So I'm sure like that time management and attention to detail is super critical. It's very important. And for someone like me and a lot of creatives can probably relate organization and time management is not my strong suit. (laughs) So that is another thing I really had to learn. Um, And I think that aspect of things has to be really personal. Like you have to find a way that works best for you. A good example, I've tried so many different programs and, you know, different elements. I'm a pen and paper girl. I, I bought an iPad. I barely use it. There, there are notes like, um, like the notes app on your phone. There's Evernote. There are all these other things out there. And the only way that I find that actually like works with me and my brain is pen and paper old school, but it's what I have to do. Yeah. I'm right there with you. If I don't write down a to-do list, like physically Mm -hmm. and scratch things off, like they're not going to get done. I need to know. Yeah. (laughs) Are there any other like skills or characteristics that you think are essential to to be successful in the interior design industry? Organization is a big one, which is really funny because we're all creatives. And like I just said, you know, organization and creativity don't necessarily go hand in hand. They can. So really learning how to keep yourself organized. And that has to be a personal thing. I, you know, I can give you ideas, but you have to figure out what works best for you. And then also communication is such a big one. Really, you know, we're dealing with interpersonal relationships. You're dealing with your clients, um, oftentimes our couples or families, and then, you know, figuring out their dynamic and how to work with them. You're dealing with so many different personalities on one project that you have to be extremely clear on here's a scope, here's when it needs to be done, here is where a certain tile goes, what wall or what color a certain wall is being painted, just communicate everything. You can never say something enough times. Um, And if you, you know, if you think you're being too clear or like overly clear, you're not. Like you can just never be so sure. That makes sense too, because I mean, usually these are spaces that are really personal to someone, whether it's like a new business they're opening or, you know, their home where they spend all their time. So they're going to feel hypersensitive maybe about, ensuring things go smoothly and making sure, you know, they're happy with the, the end result. Oh yeah, absolutely. Residential or commercial, you know, you're, you're definitely going to have people in there nitpicking the design and rightfully so. So you have to make sure that the end result is what your client was envisioning. Otherwise you'll have to be going backward and mm-hmm. fixing things to get it just right. Yeah. Well, I know that you also offer your services, not just in Austin, What strategies did you employ to kind of expand your business beyond the local market? And what has that process been like for you? Yeah, so um, I do take projects. I would be willing to take on the right project anywhere that it is in the country. But um, so far, I've only worked on Texas-based projects, but in Austin and Dallas mainly. My 
biggest thing that I've done to make sure that works is utilizing technology. You and I are on a Zoom call right now recording a podcast. So using Zoom, FaceTime, sending pictures via text message, um, using the markup tool if you have an iPhone has been incredible. Oftentimes, somebody will have a question that can easily be answered over a phone call instead of me actually driving from Austin to Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so utilizing technology and being when I am on a, a distance project site, lumping together as many different meetings as I can. So setting time aside to meet with the client, time to meet with the contractor, with the other trades, maybe we're getting deliveries on the same day, we're having wallpaper go up by the installers on the same day, just lumping together as many things as we can so that that site visit is really an all day affair instead of a couple hours. Do a majority of your clients find you from social media or is it word of mouth? Like how do most people come to you? It's a mix. Um, lately, I'm getting a lot of referrals from past clients, which has been great. And even um, just local vendors in Austin, like tile shops and contractors that I've worked with in the past. So referrals, I have gotten a few through Instagram. Um, and then you have to be use it, utilizing your SEO and your marketing properly. Google interior designers in Austin, like you've got to make sure you're popping up at some point. So, mm -hmm. and I pay someone to make sure that that happens. When you're working on a project that has limitations, whether, you know, it's the budget, the physical space, or just general practicality, how do you ensure that the final vision and aesthetic is still accomplished despite any limitations? I mean, creativity comes first naturally. So what I found that works for me anyway, is I like to start big and start with the, the big design dream or goal, however you want to word it. Um, so starting from there and then paring things down as we need, whether it be the scope or the budget or the timeline, or I couldn't find anyone at all to execute this crazy idea. Um, so let's change it a little bit. Additionally, again, this works for me, but it might not work for everyone. I personally will set aside certain days of the week where I'm doing only creative work. Uh, then another day where I'm on the road, I'm in meetings three, four, sometimes five a day or in showrooms. And then another day where I have, I'm doing catching up on finance, accounting and billing people. Finance Fridays actually is what I call them. Um, so just the back end stuff. And, you know, for me, I can't jump from a creative mindset to the more logistical mindset. I ha it has to be a completely different day. That seems like a great system actually to kind of hyper-focus your days mm -hmm. on certain tasks and subjects yeah. that all kind of correspond because yeah I can see how it'd be difficult to go from like creating a mood board to then filling out you know invoices or mm. sending out pay stubs and things like that so that's that's a good tip are there any design trends you're seeing gain popularity right now that design enthusiasts should be aware of yeah so I was actually just thinking about this the other day um in residential the residential world at least I'm seeing a lot more like thoughtful layouts within a home and floor plans. And this might have to do with people are spending more time at home even still. So they're really like putting a lot more thought behind how they want their space to look. Um, but a good example is a kitchen layout. So it used to be like 
center island, sink in the middle, stove behind it, right? Like there was really like a textbook kitchen layout, but now we're seeing a lot more butler pantry additions, which I love. I absolutely love that idea. And even a separate like prep kitchen, if your space will allow for it. But yeah, just more thoughtful layouts within the home, putting the laundry room next to the bedrooms or at least on the same floor, like that makes so much sense, but that didn't really used to happen. It used to be like right off the garage in the mudroom and they still are, but again, people are just home a lot more and they want their home to be convenient for themselves. So I think that has to do a lot with um, the way homes are being built now. Interesting. Do you have any tips for maybe homeowners or business owners who want to refresh their spaces without undergoing like a full scale project or remodel or anything like that? Yeah, uh, there are a few different ways. I mean, paint goes a long way. If you paint even one wall within a room, that can change the entire mood and feel of it. And you don't need to hire and pay a painter. You can do it on a weekend job if you feel like it. I'm um, just getting, you know, a couple gallons of paint from Home Depot easy weekend project. So that is one way you can change out a couple different decor pieces in any given room, throw pillows, an area rug, um, or even just one piece of furniture. You don't have to replace everything. Say you buy a new coffee table, that definitely will still give your space a new feel um, rather than replacing your coffee table and your sofa and your side tables and your media console, right? So changing out just a couple pieces here and there can go a long way. Yeah. Do you find yourself like refreshing your space a lot? All the or time. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Just I just did. Um, but it's funny. I live with my fiance and he comes home nearly every day and he's like, is that new? Is that new? Was that table always there? And I'm like, just let me let me live. <laughs> yeah, get used to it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, get used to it. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Kristen, I'd love to know like what's next for Cozy Casa if you have any exciting plans or future projects that you can share with listeners. Yeah, so I'm actually working on, this might become my new favorite project. Um, it's been really fun. And a, one project that has been about a year and a half now in the making, um, it's a historical home. So this project in particular has come with a few different factors that we had to consider with it being historical, pulling permits from the city took a little bit longer than they normally would. Um, and also from a design perspective, I didn't want to take away the integrity of the historical home. I wanted to keep it, you know, as close to its original look as possible while still updating it to a new modern feel. We did change the, change the layout quite a bit to make it more functional for the clients, but I am really excited. We're deep into construction now. So we should be done hopefully by Thanksgiving of this year. Um, bunch of new furniture going in, new wallpaper going up. I, I really am excited to see the end result. That's awesome. And it's here in Austin? Just a little bit south of Austin in San Marcos. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, uh, Kristen, I like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide a few words of wisdom. You've already shared so much great advice for listeners, but I still want to ask you, what is your biggest piece of advice for founders and entrepreneurs? Do what you do best and bring on help to do the other aspects of your business that you either don't want to do or you don't know how to do or you're not the best at. So hire an accountant, hire a freelancer to do your CAD drawings, hire help to do any little piece of your business that, again, you just are not the best at. 
and you'll find yourself being way more efficient with your time and your day. And you might end up having some free time. <laughs> it's really hard being an entrepreneur. You know, we it's it's hard to find that free time. But if you if you bring in the right help, I promise you it's there. Yeah. And I would imagine it not only frees up time, but also reduces a lot of stress, just not mm-hmm. not even having to think about dealing with your accounting or those other tasks, like you said, that you can kind of load off and trust someone else to do the job. Yeah, you don't have to do everything yourself. And I think that mindset is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Like I'm a business owner. I have to do everything myself. Even social media is something that I tend to send off to someone too, because social media is so important for any business, let alone a creative business. But yeah, I mean, just offload things that you don't want to do and you won't be stressed out you'll enjoy your job a lot more you won't feel like giving up you won't be like "Ah, that's it I'm quit I'm quitting I'm closing the doors like you'll you'll really find that you enjoy your job a lot more Mm -hmm. well on that note Kristen thank you so much for joining me on office chats can you please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and Cozy Casa online and on social media Absolutely. Yeah. I I had a wonderful time chatting with you. Um, My Instagram, CozyCasa underscore, Cozy with a K, Casa with a K. And uh, my website, CozyCasaDesign.com. I am recently on TikTok and honestly, I'm having a great time. So you can find me, CozyCasa on TikTok there as well. Thank you so much to Kristen for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to hit follow or subscribe and leave a rating and review. And I hope you join me in the next episode of Office Chats.